going on down there. Welcome to the third and final installment of our TFCon Chicago 2016 podcast trilogy here at WTF at TFW. This is the Sunday Afternoon Podcast Roundtable, once again hosted by Transmissions, who are once again joined by myself and Aaron, along with Marion from Podcast Maximus, and introducing one more podcast participant in the form of Shattered Cast Uncut and Piaf. The audio quality here is a bit low. It's a result of some severe technical difficulties. So big ups to Transmissions Jeremy for managing to fix up this backup recording. By the way, WTF episode 400 was recorded after this panel as a sort of weekend debrief, so do check that out if you haven't already. You probably have already, haven't you? Anyway, let's join the panel already in progress. What we want to do, uh, we're going to start off with uh, uh, one or two topics here and just go through what uh, kind of things we've seen at the show this weekend and uh, get some opinions. Um, Something happened that dropped, I think it was Friday? And uh, it was pretty big news, kind of shook the fandom. Um, it was rumored, but uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, official. Was something, some guy called Megatron. Yay. Neil Hasbro. <laughs> so let's go down the list here and, and, uh, and get some opinions on, on, on what everyone saw. And... Here we go, Do I, do I sit right there? You, you, can sit, you, you can sit right there, yeah. Okay, can I sit right there? I'll give it up for his appeal. Here we go. Apparently. Physically, I guess, at least. Oh, you got Gimby Tigatron. No, he's got to stay standing. So, oh, these are Gimby Tigatron. No, I said Gimby Tigatron. You got Gimby Tigatron. With some magazine scans, I guess that's what they were. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's run through it and see what everyone thought. WGF and TFW. Uh, definitely a step up from the first one. No longer, yes. yeah. hopefully, no cosmic rust. <laughs> uh, ben, member of WGF and TFW, would you like to go into? Oh, okay. Um, I liked it. It's, it's got the shoulder, the, the, the gaps in the shoulders that I didn't notice the first time, and everybody's like, look at this. And I'm like, nah, I can kind of see that, I guess. I think it looks like he's wearing high pants. But outside of that, I think it, I think it looks very good. Gun mode, especially. All right. I think it looks like a, a really good third solution to the puzzle alongside the other two main ones right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the only worry I have are the sheer wall of hinges on his back and on top of his collar. The upside is current masterpiece, uh, even tracks in my opinion, has never had an unfun transformation. Uh, but this one is the first one in a while to make me go, oh, I certainly hope this is fun. Uh, and also, I, I do find that the uh, the it's not that the legs look too long. It does kind of just look like the pelvis has been raised slightly. Not like it's a critical flaw. It's just uh, the first thing that caught my eye that made me go, huh. I love the faces, though. Love the accessories. Right on. Um, she looks to me, uh, on paper at least, better than the third-party Megatron we've seen so far. But I think for me, the finish is make or break with Megatron. So, TBC. But, uh, right. yeah, she's looking pretty good. We're going to get to what, what uh, is... is the solution for Megatron for you because I, I, I know you, you've got one already placed. Yeah, I got very excited with a masterpiece and then something happened on Saturday here and yeah. then I forgot all about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yoshi, Jeremy, uh, what do you guys think? 
Well, I'm a big uh, Hasbro Takara fanboy. Yeah, you are. I'm not not much of a third party guy, um, so I'm excited. But those shoulders are fugly. <laughs> <laughs> also, this one looks like it took more than 12 days to design. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like that Takara's getting into the removal faces. Yes. Adding in those. Yeah, that's good costumes. Now, I like when you pulled off the face. It was that transformation face from the movie. Mm-hmm. Fans of uh, figure arts are, are definitely the it's yeah. it's a it's a step from in that direction. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm happy, but yeah, as Man said, there's something much better <laughs> coming from outside. Bye. At the back, uh, it's a little little messed up. But the front to me looks good, so only people who say the back is your wall anyway. So uh, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to divert my time to Bobby Sculpture. <laughs> um, I think what's more interesting is the current trend we're seeing where multiple companies are creating our characters and Takara is knocking the bottom out of the market. Um, we're seeing the Megatron and there's the other strong movies that are getting ready to see it with Jazz and we're getting ready to see it with Trailblazer and Poise and Inferno. And that's far more interesting to me uh, strategically than seeing, like he said, it was like putting my clothes pants up to dry. Uh, but I think it was a good, I'm in, don't get me wrong. But I, I think that it's more of the, the decision making process that's really the interesting aspect of this. Mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out how to compete with the third parties instead of suing. Yeah, well, I don't even know if suing is. Well, it, it, it wouldn't work, so they right. kill it in the market. Right. I think that, um, you know, nine out of ten times, people, if you look at <clears throat> their shockwave, for instance, uh, you can make a strong argument that their shockwave is not as well built as Quakewave, but it still, regardless of that, killed the Quakewave market on mm-hmm. the primary yeah. and secondary market. So there's something that needs to be said for that. That is definitely the some of the smartest decision making I've seen from that recently. Mm-hmm. No, you're you're exactly right. Um, I, I tend to agree with with Bobby Skullface on the, the the marketing aspect. It's it's very uh, intelligent of them. Um, some of the engineering designs that they've they've thrown in there, I, I question the uh, the top down look. That one view that you see is is very questionable, where it's just hinges and and, and lines and and. Why it just it, it doesn't particularly look good to me. The the legs are a little spindly, uh, on you know from from what you can tell, they should be a little thicker. That's it's reminiscent of Shockwave um, as far as the legs go. But um, but you're right, it's gonna kill. It's it's absolutely gonna kill because uh, there is such a significant market for official. I want an official <coughs> Megatron. Yeah, regardless of. Mm-hmm. How it is. The other Megatron that showed up this weekend, unknown to pretty much everybody. Master who, wants to, who wants to talk about this one? Go ahead, Ben. I talked about it a lot last night. My, my voice is pretty much shot. We did a little <laughs> reviewer roundtable last night, me and Chris and Bobby and Henry and a few people, and I talked to me. My, throat force sore about it last night but yeah that MMC Megatron it looks really cool I, I love I think the round cannon is a little big but I like I like the, the jet nose cannon I think that looks really slick on his arm and like 
came out of nowhere. Like I had no clue it was coming until I walked into the dealer room the other day, and it was just sitting there. So like I'm super stoked for that one. Yeah. <laughs> right on. I'm gonna I'm gonna defer quickly to to Marion, who this appears to be the one she's been waiting for the entire time. She was born by this Megatron. Hi, I famously don't own any Megatron figures, even though Megatron is my favorite character, because I've yet to see one that I've just gone, that's the one. Um, I think this is the one. <laughs> or, or not, as it turns out. Um, so, yeah, I was really surprised to see the pictures on Saturday morning to begin with, because it came out of nowhere, but I got to handle him a bit earlier, um, and uh, he, he's just, he's a thing of beauty. Um, everything from the head sculpt to every, the way he feels, you know, it's just that he's surprisingly lighter than other MMC figures, um, but he still feels quite sturdy and quite, you know, satisfying to hold. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying about the cannon maybe being a bit too big, but uh, I can, you know, I can live with that. You can look past that. Definitely. Yeah, I think for me this is a, this is it, this is the figure. Now, what about, because this one is showing us two options. You get the, the more than the VCI Autobot Megatron, mm -hmm. or you can go to the pre-war minor Megatron. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're the Lost Light Autobot Megatron. Um, right now, yeah, I think because that's more like, just because I've been seeing more of him lately, so like that's the thing I'm going for, but uh, it would be good to play around, and also he, he's a triple changer, isn't he, so I think he's got a play more like the, the, the on the street. Yeah, so that, and he's got two different cannons, it's, or yeah, it, it's, it's, drill, it's not a super triple changer, super triple changer, basically like the wings come off and the nose cone swaps out, and like his, his tank mode is very similar to the jet mode, just without the wings and with the drill on the front, mm -hmm. so he's kind of a triple changer, but it's not like a, a completely alternate mode from the jet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I only saw photos. <laughs> After talking about him a whole bunch last night, I got to my room and then saw a whole bunch of Facebook photos of what I loved to have seen before I talked about him a whole lot, because I, uh, <laughs> I then found out that he has the robot mode aesthetic switch, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, after, during our thing, I'd already seen it, I always assume it's Cheem. I just kind of assume that when I see a side-by-side. -side. Um, I'd seen a side-by-side -side of the Alex Mill design art and this thing, and then uh, now there is literally like a cross-cut interlace of toy to design art, which really clearly, I think, can help you figure out whether or not you feel like this works for you, um, because you can see where things have been tweaked, I would assume, once we see how it works, mm -hmm. uh, for the sake of transformation, physical, whatnot. Uh, the face sculpt is, is uh, mill-nosed fantastic. Um, and I, I generally just enjoy reformatted Mastermind stuff because it tends to feel very thick and uh, very confident when I'm moving it, so I don't have to worry, basically. I can pull a reformat out of the box and just start moving stuff, and uh, if it breaks, then that means I got carried away. Oh, one of the things, real quick, one of the things you mentioned last night when you talked about making something toyetic was the, the shoulders were what really sold it to you. It's not as drastic a change, but if you look at the, uh, the art they showed of the different parts, the, uh, the modern one has some shoulder bits that kind of bulk those up oh. a little bit more like the comic. I mean, they're not a lot, not as big as they are on the comic, but it adds a little bit to the shoulder versus the, the old school one where they're more square. Cool. So, yeah. Literally anybody on this panel is more qualified to talk about this than me. 
We did not get a chance to handle it because we're not special like some of the people. Um, but everybody else. Yeah, like everybody else on the panel. But we, we took a good look at it in the, the cases today, and it looks really sharp. It looks plastic. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm not the, the biggest third-party guy in terms of the big figures, but if I were to budget for a Megatron, this is definitely what I'm getting because it's just so sharp. What he said. I, I saw pictures and, uh, and I'm up close to it. it. It looks really nice, and I will buy it. Nice, nice. It's nice. Um, it's cool. I, I, one of the things I like about reformat, and I said this last night with you guys, is that it, uh, it reminds me very much of uh, like the closest thing that the Transformers kind of world to SH Big was and Big One and figures of that level, which I don't think, especially with the way figures move, especially transforming figures, we really see a whole lot of that. I mean, we see a far departure from like a regular deluxe type figure from a uh, Target, and then we see stuff that gets closer, but the movement and fluidity of those figures is impressive. Even though I, I personally, I've seen the comparisons and I see how it's, it, but it's, there's something about it that it immediately didn't feel 100% quite right to me the way it looks, but it, it's well, I can tell you it's extreme. The one that I saw anyway, which hopefully will be a good indicator of the, the final one, that it is, uh, it's extremely well built. That's bad. So, it was like, it was like Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> Capture spirit thing. Yeah, well, we were talking about that too, like there's like these iconic things, right? Like uh, every character has those iconic pieces that make them them, and they definitely think, capture that, regardless of how accurate or not it is, it's still very much Megatron. Mm -hmm. no, very good. Um, so I want to run down, those are the two iconic Megatron pieces that kind of showed up this weekend. Um, did anybody see anything or pick up anything that, uh, you know, either you weren't expecting to find or uh, were surprised at how good of a deal you got? Um, what was a, a highlight purchase or just general highlight for you from the con this weekend? Um, I got the uh, I got the Master Mate Omega Supreme, the Apollo, and that was I've been having fun with that. I also got the TFC Lao Kaiser, which I did not enjoy very much. No, <laughs> no. But uh, well, I'm going to take I'm going to take them home and put them together and see if I can't fix a couple things on them. But but the Master Mate Omega is really really cool. Oh. I just um, managed to get all three of the uh, the thing that I keep thinking about is the three Takara releases of the legend size guys that come with the extra headmaster because I don't I don't have a problem I don't know what you're talking about he's fine he's fine it's your, you have the problem not having enough headmasters yeah um, I, I got some decent deals but probably the best deal at the convention for me was a five dollar gift I was granted from my friend Joe wherever it is he may be out there right now uh, somewhere out in Chicago Illinois. Um, it's uh, actually sitting out here in front of me on the table. I refer to it as my son because I care for it very much. Kind of like a wounded animal. Uh, it's this Tigatron here uh, that was unwanted by anyone. Uh, but I looked at him and I realized I wanted him. 
And I, I know I can feel all your judgmental eyes looking at him right now, thinking, oh, what's this little piece of plastic down here? You know, he doesn't need any of you. He's got me, and he's going to love living with me for the rest of his life. It's going to be great. Thank you, Joe, wherever you are. No problem. Oh, yeah, that reminds me. I got, um, sorry, the mic comes smacking me on the face of the mic. I, also, that $5 sale, I got um, the only really box set figure I wanted from this year's BotCon set was Tarantulas. And I went there, they had the two for $5 box. I found a Tarantulas who was missing his head. And then I said, I'll take it. And then I found his head in the bottom of the box. So I got, I got a $5 Tarantulas from BotCon. That, that, was, that was actually, the, the, the Apollo's cool, but. Uh, yeah, that five dollar tarantulas was probably the best deal. I yeah. I haven't bought any figures. <laughs> um, this was for very practical reasons. I have to actually fit stuff in a suitcase when I get home. Um, but I have uh, I've picked up quite a lot of commissions. So that is definitely a bargain. And having the artist right there uh, drawing in front of you is always a sort of magical experience to me. Uh, so I picked up commissions from Nick Roach and. Um, um, Brendan Cahill and uh, Case Collar and uh, Daryl was uh, kind enough to pick up a 3A print Ashley Wood print for me, thank you very much first thing on uh, Saturday morning uh, so yeah, that was it for me So uh, I did pick up some plastic this weekend but my collection and collecting habits have really focused in on the art in recent years so I'm most proud of the, the commissions I got. Um, and, uh, an original character, I had Cahill draw uh, a Model X Tesla as a G1 Transformer. Uh, Casey uh, drew the uh, original human villains from uh, the G1 comic book, so uh, Circuit Breaker, the Mechanic, and Robot Master. And uh, I picked up a couple of pages of, uh, of comic art that is unique. I'm, I also I got a couple figures, but I focused on the art as well. I got um, I had a commission from Nick Roche. I picked up a Autobot Megatron, and then I, what I wasn't expecting was to get a sketch from Budiansky. Um That was a spur of the moment thing, and he did an awesome scrounge um, headshot, which you know the most unloved figure or character it lasted all like half an issue. Uh, picked up a bunch of Beast Wars stuff I've been missing on my best thing I got. Yeah. Uh, 2007, the Raspberry BotCon. This is Blue Raspberry. Yeah. And I also picked up my best thing is a Dalrama from my Crash Box. Uh, oh, yes. And uh, it's a really awesome little Dalrama. So, so I picked up a lot of stuff. So. I got a rock band from Rama Collectors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> $25 into the shirt that was uh, next chance bought to Ollie, but which was funny. Hell that's, uh, that's the best thing I got the sandwich upstairs. It was a burger and we put an egg and then bacon on it. It was like eating breakfast and lunch at the same time. It was amazing. It club was very good too. Did any? Hey, it's my one time. Can you, can you say vegetables? The club? Yeah. The club, yes. Yeah, they're amazing. It's so good. I swapped out the mustard for mayonnaise, but it was very good. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know if that's a wise choice. <laughs> have, you, have you ever had a club with mustard? No. Yeah. Right. No, the uh, one thing about my collecting, I do a lot of specific, like, uh, almost like museum quality pieces. 
Um, so I do want to give this fans to what he's done on Boss, but I saw that Omega Supreme at the third party panel. I guess I had that thing amazing. Oh my so, god, yes. Very good segue. Because we should talk about that. Um, that was a showstopper. Did anyone else's mind explode? Or wallet? Well, I just want to know where their market is for that. Because I sit there and I see, you know, right. guys, well, right. But, <laughs> so that's, okay. Make some noise and so that's 13 people so far. Okay, I just I just see like the big pieces like pandanus and see just how big that is and how many people go like that looks great, but there's no way I'm buying that because it's so big, so much space, and then you get something that's going to dwarf pandanus. Pandanus is unique because it's it's scorpionock-esque. Right. Right. It's enough of a scorpionock to be scorpionock. Right. This is Omega. Even, even then, it's not because, well, that looks kind of like Scorpionok. It's many people that I've seen react to that also say, it's just too big. It doesn't it's fit huge. into Detolf. If I've got two Detolfs, and it barely sits on top of that. Well, there's a huge market for stuff like Jill and Giants and all that other stuff. It's statues are two or three feet tall. Right. You've got, you got homes that could barely, you know, the, the weight of the statue and yeah. this table was supported that people are buying. So, I mean... How big is that uh, market? Right. No, but what I'm saying is, like, the size of that market versus, like, you know, the Warren Pocket stuff or the Iron Factory stuff where you can sell that stuff all day long, a dealer might yeah. move three of them. Yeah. It's easier, it's easier to get to. I mean, they're just small. You know, a lot of people don't have a lot of room right. to uh, display you know, Omega or yeah, if, you, is perfect. if you're living in a one-bedroom apartment, you're not going to have the space for this new roommate. Right, that's true. They look like little boys. Yeah, look like, look like a like a five-year-old, not a little boy. Yeah. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. Get coveralls for him, take him out to the park. Somebody needs to parody that. I mean, there's there's you know there's a lot of people that buy that Metroplex and their four max. Yeah, that's a huge figure. People buy those, so I think that it's. I think that a lot of people um, became very excited at the thought of a uh, truly masterpiece scale, you know, figure of that of that size. Like, when I think a lot of us always wanted it, but thought it would never happen. You know, just the idea that it could happen right. is exciting. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's fantastic. Let me see how we're doing for time here. We got tons. Fantastic. Um, let's, let's give some shit away. Um, what about Bold Forms Megatron? Yeah, what about Bold Forms Megatron? That's a, that's a good question, I guess. <laughs> what has what been in and, and talked about for quite a while now? It's not like it's, it's new, but it's, it's a cool figure. Um, it was here, right? It was here. Yeah, it was. yeah, did anyone get a chance to mess with it? Yeah, we, we got to mess with it last night. There you yeah, go. Yeah. The guy, the, it was neat. The company, the guy that run the company, is, he's a very nice guy. The guy, he came by and chatted it up with me for a very long period of time, which he didn't have to. And I, I wish him and them the very best. Like, I sincerely I only got to mess with the gun. We weren't allowed to. But I wasn't. I definitely wasn't allowed to, uh, to touch the robot or the tank mode. But uh, the gun felt very gun-ish. You know, it felt like a proper gun. I even I was I was telling them I was like I, I was doing trigger discipline when I was holding it because it, it felt like a real gun in my hands. 
So the, the, the Bold Forms guy today, uh, I stopped by his booth just in time to see him do a transformation run through from robot to, to pistol mode. Yeah. And it was, it was really interesting. He was, doing, he, was, he was explaining a whole lot of things as he went. Um, and, and some stuff I learned that, was, that I thought sounded quite good is a lot of the small uh, black plastic parts, a lot of the small hinge rods and everything, uh, it's all POM plastic, which is a, a more durable, uh, slightly less factory paintable plastic. It's what they replaced the joints uh, with in all those uh, DC Collectibles Batman Animated Series figures when they did the, the Grand Materials upgrade. Because um, there's, a, there's a very interesting part where the, the trigger splits in half to form the backpack a la the EJ Sue design from the Asian series. So then when the way it reunites is it comes off his back and then on these extendable hinged rods kind of just goes around his torso and reforms in the front. Uh, it was really cool to look at. He was mentioning like it's not a very easy transformation, but it seems to be uh, extremely loaded with locking points. I heard a lot of click noises. There were a lot of tabs. Um, each piece seemed able to start and finish in chunks, which is what I want out of a complicated transformation. Uh, you do the legs, you do the arms, and you do the torso. Then you, It's not like you have a half-transformed arm having to swing around a half-transformed torso. You know, it's, it's talking to talk him like it's very much a passion project. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. And, uh, I can respect the passion project. And uh, he, he wants feedback. So yeah. if you have any feedback, go to their Facebook page. If you have any thoughts about even just what you're seeing now, like he really wants feedback because he, uh, he says many times he wants to do it right. Yeah. Uh, and he wants to do it in a way that makes him feel satisfied. So yeah, hit him up. Right on. So I want to give away some, some smaller items here before we get to the main show. Um, so if you've got questions for the whole panel, uh, let's ask him, and uh, I'll, I'll throw some shit at you. Nope. All right. Was that a no to the question, or no to having him throw something at you? All right. You can do it. You can do it. There's kind of off subject to the whole thing. Oh. On subject to the podcasting. It's, um, just talk into it. What I was wondering is, do you guys like to vary your content, or do you like to stay focused? Like, do you like to stay only to Transformers, or do you like to switch to some other subjects like video games or some stuff like that? Pre-over 66. <laughs> Where's our Star Wars cast? We're working on that. It's coming to 2018. Um, you know, Bobby and I both do a handful of podcasts, so, you know, Nerd Rage Radio is basically anything nerd talk about toys, we talk about comic books, we talk about pop culture stuff. We'll talk about just endless sense of nonsense, you know. You really listen to the show. Uh, I'm sorry. But uh, you know it and then Joe KW and I Joe raise your hand. Show everybody the games. Make some noise for Joe. Trying to solve the mystery of what's next coming out. There's a lot, it's a lot different. And then you were, him and I are mostly talking about, like, all right, we got this coming on, let's review this trailer coming out, let's review the movie, you know, read comic books, watch TV shows, talk about that, what we like, what we didn't like, a lot of critique, and just talking about the craziness of our movie. Yeah, I'm here on the people tend to connect more. People need the, the content to for the buy in, right, for the initial listen. But people connect more with the more personal stuff that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the focus of the show. 
when I talk to people here at the shows, it's never, hey man, I loved your opinion on Old Forms Megatron. It's all about, man, I remember you told that story about your daughter catching a cat in a bucket. You know, like that's, that's the stuff that people remember. That's the stuff that connects with people. So, they were like, oh, Adam, you're so bad about it. So it's oh, like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like, you know, it's, it's that personal stuff. Like, you should have, in my opinion, you should have a, a general structure idea, but, you know, it's, it's, it is that personal thing that makes people really connect and it resonates. I'll let you do that. I'm good. I'm, I, our, show is a, our show is a cluster. We we try to maintain on Transformers, but it, it, it strays. If anybody listens, it strays all the time. And somebody, thank you. Somebody has to always come back and bring it back to what we you know the topic at hand. Because we can talk about the topic for about two minutes, but then it's 15 minutes of other stuff. Just you know, uh, just what's going on. So, and it's great. I think with transmissions, we have pretty, we've done a pretty good job staying on topic, and we do want to talk about other stuff, so we've started a separate show that is generally other stuff, like Daryl tries to get us to watch some crazy Canadian show. And Sorry, what? What was it? Letterkenny. It's not crazy. Awesome. Yoshi got us hooked on Rick and Morty, stuff like that. So, I mean, we just talk, each of us will take a show, talk about something interesting to us, and the, tra- the transmission's main show, we just try to keep, because I mean, we cover so much stuff, we just try to keep on topic. Sometimes we're derailed, but it's not too much. And then Yoshi and I both have our own kind of personal shows that we just talk about whatever we want to talk about. Mine's more pop culture stuff. Is, is I talk about girls. And, and blank sketch covers. And blank sketch covers, yeah. Uh, we're a relatively young podcast and we mostly review the, the comic books at the moment, so we try not to be a too off topic only because we want the listeners to know what we're all about still, so we're still sort of trying to establish ourselves. Having said that, um, yeah, some of us veer more than others and there's a lot that doesn't actually make it into the final podcast. Uh, but yeah, but uh, I think it's not completely off topic. So I mean, there's a lot of comparisons going on when you're talking about the books uh, with you know other science fiction or other comics. And I know my co-hosts like to go talk a lot about the Marvel comics. Um, so uh, there is a bit of that, but it never feels like it's truly off topic. If you see what I mean. I mean, we've done um, sometimes we'll we'll talk about events like TF Nation or Auto Sunday and things like that, um, which is not strictly speaking an on-topic of comic book reviews uh, but yeah, I think we keep on topic more or less for now on uh, WTF and TFW since a lot of our topics tend to come from the front page uh, you know, we kind of have a I like to think of it as a laser focus on uh, Transformers for most of uh, 60% of the show at least, so we maintain a majority content of uh, Transformers content. Uh, since we are all Transformers fans, uh, we keep it on topic. We talk about the news, we talk about breaches, Yeah. Uh, we, we talk about Star Deep Wars, Deep Space Nine, Star Wars Deep Space Nine, Yeah, Star Wars Deep Space Nine. Talk about Kamen Rider. Um, it's been a bit for that one, though. It's coming back. Yeah. Uh, if anyone wants some Shoto Riders, let me know. Uh, cover some wrestling, some video games. Some, uh, I think I we talked about home repair, yeah, and uh, coffee, coffee, um, right. also Coke I, Zero, yes, uh, it's a fine beverage, yeah, it's, it's a beverage. We're going to talk about this later, but uh, Pia, uh, I don't have a podcast on your video podcast. I don't have a video podcast. <laughs> Do you keep things we, on top? We don't just review Transformers, 
That's no, right. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I do wander into whatever I found at the store or online. Just ran, I'll just buy some random ass thing and be like, I'm going to do this today. And it's, I do the RoboForce and Glio stuff. So every now and then some Common Rider, every now and then some old Ninja Turtles. Just like I said, it's mostly Transformers, but I'll, I'll pick up something random every now and then. Good question. Thank you. You're just sitting back there enjoying your pets, so. So, we're going to do more questions if you got them. Uh, come on up here and then we'll do a question line. And basically, we've got a good number of stuff, but if you, you ask a question, you're probably going to get some of them. All right, so this is about the podcasting kind of a pure way and kind of nerd rage way. I personally sometimes avoid podcasts, even though I would like to listen to them. Like, I'm not going to listen to your comic podcast because I'm six months behind. Um, I'm not going to listen to, like, Dueling Duos before I watch the movie. Right. So, like, you sometimes find that your own subject matter limits it, or do you get the spoiler rage, or how do you handle that, or what are your concerns about it? Personally, I'm, I'm very spoiler antagonistic. I, I try my best to stay away from spoilers, but... That's the great thing about podcasts. You can just skip it, leave it in your queue on your phone after you see the, the movie or the show or whatever. Follow up. And, and I do that a lot. As for Nerd Rage, when we do like our movie stuff, we cover like a movie every time a movie comes out, we release a podcast the same way it comes out. It's usually two to three hours long. And every time that, that episode comes out, we say in the very beginning, this is spoilery. This is very, very spoilery. But our, our, I think our limit is one week. If you have one week to see it before we start talking about it. And like we both have careers. We both have three daughters apiece. We both have multiple outlets for videos and podcasts. Like if we can find time to see it, you can find time to see this guy. And the main focus too with us is that it's the conversation that we're having that we're including. I mean, like the one thing that's different about podcasting and the medium is it's not like a TV show where you have like a script. You know, it's not radio where you're you're used to breaking for advertisers and stuff like that. It's like you're 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 sitting around the campfire with us, or sitting on the couch chilling with us, and we're having this conversation. You guys are joining that, so it's a real conversation. It's not like a scripted type thing. And so sometimes the spoilers come out. Sometimes we're like, oh, spoiler alert, I'm going to go for you. Because you know what? I think the thing with us is because you know, you get what it says on the box pretty much. So you know, this is an episode where we're reviewing one we get 50, right? So you know, you want to listen to it or you don't want to listen to it. If you are, like you say, six months behind, it means you've missed out on all the fun interaction at the time of the book coming out. So it may well be that when you finally get to Modern Mystery 50, you do feel like putting on a podcast that's reviewing Modern Mystery 50 and you know what it is, and then you can be part of sort of what the conversation at the time of that coming out was. Um, and I, I don't know, I think for myself, it's something that I do with other podcasts when I'm reading through stuff, and I'll go back and listen to what people were, you know, reviewing a year ago or whatever, and that really works for me personally. Uh, so you all talked about your highlight purchases uh, this weekend, but what were the other highlights of the convention overall, like things you did? As almost always for me, it's more about the the friends and family, um, kind of that it's become that you know we only get to see once or twice or three times a year. Uh, I enjoy hanging out with all the friends that you know. It's 
a big world, and there are a whole lot of people that come from across the country or across the oceans to come to these shows, and that's always the highlight of getting to hang out and shoot the breeze and see how people have been, and then be like, hey, did you see you, whatever, and get the chance to talk about like crazy robot toys and the like that, you know, you go to work and you talk about it, and people go, yeah, uh-huh, sure. We all make a lot of content, and um, for that, people take time out of their weekends lives to participate in that content. So for me, in, in my opinion, it's, it's my responsibility to give as much time back at events like this that I can. So I forego as much as I can in order to shake as many hands with as many people, uh, drink as many beers with as many people as I can. That last part sounded rough on you. I'm in. I'm in. I had to no, um, actually, it's about uh, the community aspect of it. You come here and, like, you, you can, I've had conversations with people here that I just met here for the first time, like, physically, like, this, I feel like I've known you for years. Yeah. You know, you just, you know, that's, that's something that's very hard, like, the internet and stuff like that, you know, it, it brings us close together, but, you know, in our daily lives, it kind of, like, separates us. I think all these people, friends that live all across the country, that about 12 hours to come and see them, but it was worth it. And that was, you know, an exciting aspect of it. You're, you're not alone at a TFCon. Um, I can't count the number of times I've been in an elevator with somebody and just said hi, and the Transformers fandom just poured out of them. You know? <laughs> like otherwise, they're just they're kind of closed until you say something. Um, and and definitely meeting the people who listen to our show is is a highlight, and it's surreal. And they all expect me to cuss at them, every single one of them. And it, it, it was. It's funny. Sometimes I'll meet somebody like, "Hey, how the? F- oh, you've got a kid. How you doing, little man?" <laughs> you know? it's, it's 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 interesting, and it's it's their stories. I'm going to be telling for for years for sure. Plus the fact that after doing the transmissions for three years, it's the first time all of us have been in one space one time. Yeah, that was a big highlight. Um, this is my first TFCon. This is my first convention outside of the UK in general, and this is, has been the first time I've gotten to meet a lot of people who I've been talking to for ages online, and it's been fantastic. It's been amazing. Um, but for me, the highlight in any convention is the cosplay. I cannot get enough of it. Just seeing people walk around, you know, as Pal and Megatron and Rodimus and whatever, and like all the love and care that goes into those costumes is always one of the best things for me. Uh, I've been going to conventions for a long time, so the social aspect is almost less of a highlight and more of like the, the meat on the bone of the whole experience. Uh, and, and of course, there's a ton of that that's always fresh every year, like introducing uh, people who are part of my life to this whole kind of thing, introducing uh, people who are medical professionals in the same building as us to this thing when they get in the elevator and say, hey, how, how's y'all's Transformers thing doing? Um, but I, I, this year, uh, um, like this, this whole year of conventions has kind of been a, a bit of a cathartic thing for me for some personal reasons. And uh, this year I had a really good conversation, um, not about that, but just uh, about something else that I find very important to me, which is like I'm always thinking about how, like I like Transformers a lot, but it's part of a greater enjoyment I have just of like the toy medium. And uh, this year I had a chance to think a whole lot and talk a whole lot with some folks about uh, just some ideas about 
the nature of people who talk about toys, who who consume the toy product, who create the toy product, and uh, and how to think about toys beyond just the acquisition of them. Uh, think about how you enjoy them. Think about how other people enjoy them differently than you, and just figure out, try to crack the code of how we can further appreciate the stuff beyond telling each other about the cool new thing we got. That said, I also got some cool new things, and that was also a highlight. I'll, I'll show you all a picture of my hall later. It's big and tall, and uh, this is part of it. Um, well, for me, um, I'm kind of new to this. And, uh, it, it's just weird that people come to me like, are you deluxe? Like, I, I know your voice. You know, they hear my voice, and they come to me, and they, and I love your work, you know, and all that stuff. And, and it just, it, it takes me back to, like, I'm just a lonely guy, you know, a little guy from Arkansas that, you know, people actually know who I am. Woo! It, it's simply amazing, you know, to make new friends and from, you know, see old friends, you know, and it's just, it, it takes me back, you know, it, it really, it, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate everybody listening to it. That is something also that caught me off guard, and I think it was my first TFCon going up to, into Canada, where it was somebody that, like, walking the other way down the hall was like, oh my gosh, you, Aaron, I'm like, no, they know who I am. You're, yeah. They just yeah, know you I by am. your voice, you know, yeah. I heard your voice, and I know who that is, and it's, but, it's really cool. And, and yeah, it is great getting to, you know to be a part of all that again I'll go back to Ben okay. yeah I, I, like, I like coming out I, I mostly this is the first time in a while where I haven't until I got called on to do this one I had nothing planned like, I, was, I was like I'm just going to hang out all weekend I don't have to be anywhere I don't have to do anything and, and that was kind of relaxing and then you were late and then well then I, I, I got sucked into a conversation outside I'm sorry um <laughs> But yeah, the, the, the weirdest thing about it was there was one time at was it my first or second TFCon up in Toronto, I was wor- helping at the TF Source booth, and somebody came up and bought something, and it was when I went to hand it to him at the end, he recognized me because of my wedding ring, like because he, he'd seen it so often in my videos, and he was he, he, I handed it to him, and all of a sudden he just kind of went, "Are you are you Ben?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I recognized your ring," and I'm like. I didn't even th- I didn't even think of that as being an identifying thing, but recognized my hands when I went to hand it to him. So it was a little weird. Great question. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Hi guys. Um, my question is for Ben. Um, I know you from YouTube. Yes. A YouTube reviewer. I believe you're friends with my friend uh, Paul. His name on YouTube is Optibotomous. Okay. And um, I've got a question for you. Um, let's see. I have also decided to make a YouTube account. Um, my name's Bert, and my username on YouTube is Legendary Antihero. I was wondering if you could give me advice, how do I increase my viewership and number of subscribers on YouTube? There are do you have any advice for that? Uh, there are ways to do that where you can you can, you can pay to do that, and I've, I've always been kind of shy from doing that stuff. They, they have options to promote videos and things like that. My advice has always just been just be yourself. Have fun, like just have fun, set it up, learn as you go along, but just be yourself. I, I, I feel very strongly that if you go out there, no matter, 
do something unique, do something different, learn from watching other other videos, find what works for you, find what doesn't. But I, I honestly feel that if you're passionate about doing it and you put yourself out there, it may not happen overnight. It, sometimes it's going to take a, a while. But I feel like if you're yourself and and what you and you're enjoying what you're doing and that comes through in your videos, the audience will find you. Um, there are you, you can artificially get that audience faster if you want to spend money, but I, I've never seen a reason to justify doing that. So like, like I said, it really is just a tripod helps and a good lighting setup and that and, and a camera to shoot with, and that's the basics of what you need, and then just just go from there. Learn, learn as you go, have fun doing it, and don't try to make yourself, don't try to be another reviewer, just be you. And I, like I said, I guarantee you, if you're genuine and you're having fun and you just keep pushing at it and be persistent, your audience will find you. I guarantee that. Can I add to that? It's true. Can I add to that? And Chris and Bobby and a bunch of other people could probably give some good advice as well. They'll have more reviews. <laughs> I'm going to add to that if it's okay. Oh, go ahead, by all means. There is a book that's three days older than dirt called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I would strongly suggest that anybody read that. I, I just agree pretty much with that. Like, just be you, yeah. do you, and, and that's that. And as long as you make sure you're doing it for the right reasons. I always say that, like, you have to enjoy it. You have to do it because you want to do it, not for any other reason, not because you want to be getting paid by YouTube. I can tell you, it's not worth the amount of time and energy it takes to get paid by YouTube. You have to do it because you really want to do it. And if you really want to do it, that passion will come through for yourself. Just a, one last little thing is just uh, before you look at how things are being received, just keep making stuff. And this applies to podcasts as well. This applies to generally any media. Just keep going and keep making stuff. I've been to uh, webinars, which is a great word, uh, about how you need to uh, – to cr- the only cracked code as far as internet success that is even remotely quantifiable is uh, regularly sharing your media uh, and having stuff go up uh, as regularly as possible. Um, I mean, that's something that even folks who do a lot of stuff uh, for years have trouble uh, maintaining. And it's uh, by far the biggest like third step to take is to just keep making. And also, you also need to keep making because if you if you stop every time you start, it's never going to get going. Like that's the the key to anything. Make a whole lot of stuff for a long time, and then start to look back on it once there's a body uh, to to inspect. Okay. Uh, in terms of keep making videos, do you recommend uh, doing it like every week or more? Whatever works for you. Uh, there's, yeah, there are a lot of people who say, oh, it should be weekly, oh, it should be daily. And it really, it's just whatever you can do consistently, like, like what you were saying. Like, uh, I always tell people, try doing once a week. And then if that doesn't work for two weeks, do it once every two weeks. If it doesn't work for four weeks, do it once every month until you have hit a rhythm that is maintaining. And then begin to look at your process and look at how you can streamline things to increase that somewhat. Okay, thank you. Uh, remember, guys, uh, be sure to check out my YouTube reviews. Thank you. 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 Thank you
So my question is, is um, as you've been doing this and getting into the fandom and doing your you know, YouTube reviews and podcasts, how has your collection evolved over the last several years to the time you started to now? I find I find one pocket and then I just fall into another pocket. And no. I, at first I was like I, I, I got to trying to eat the goddamn. I started checking out some after stuff. And they know there's like hey, you know, you know, know. Know. This is a new no. stables crap. And then, and then, then I get some and Yeah, I, I know that occasionally, since I mean, we do podcasts. You know, again, every you know, I'm on every other week, uh, and our show is weekly. Quite frequently, like the day or two before the show, I'll be like, I haven't gotten anything. I need to get some. Well, I, I didn't think I was going to get this, but I just saw it at the store again. He read for the show. Yeah. And then later, sometimes I'll be looking at a pile of stuff next to my desk and go, what was I doing? I already have that thing in two other colors, but I bought it in the third one so I can say on the podcast, yeah, it's just like the other two, but orange. Yeah, it's, it's been one of the, the greatest dangers of podcasting and doing uh, review coverage on YouTube is the feeling of seeing something that you probably weren't going to get uh, in the case of either thinking, oh, oh, this could be my what I got this week, or even worse, that's a hot property. If I pick that up and make a video about it, it could kickstart some views. And then eight months later, when you still see it unopened in the corner of the room, you think, well, I'm sure that Tron Legacy is still a hot property. If I just pop that thing open, people are going to be buying the DVDs and remembering this. And then they're going to come back. And then you realize, I don't even like Tron Legacy. Um, as for, as for The thing is, Aaron, I just want to clear something up. You, you and me already were, were mold completionists in a terrible way yeah. well before. Right. So th- was it really that much of a change? <laughs> no, no. But it's, yeah, it's when you're seeing, like I said, the second or third or fourth copy of yeah, that Yeah, but it's mold. blue. Yeah, I know. And then, you like, don't have a blue one and, yet. And then, like, Combiner Wars came out, and then, like, you can't have a guy that only has three limbs because that would be dumb. Yeah, who has three limbs? Hey, yeah. well, hold on a second. He has two. It's okay. It's an even number. Okay. Like the podcasts that are good, the limbs on that robot. Uh, props to Seth Buzzard, who will never listen to this, uh, wherever you are out there. Actually, I know exactly where you are. Sorry you couldn't make it. Seth Buzzard. We're done with the skit. It's okay. We can... <laughs> Chapter 2. We walk down the street towards the toy store. Scene. So, uh, when we started Transmissions, when Jeremy started Transmissions three years ago... I wanted to buy anything and everything. I, I wanted this room of plastic and awesome. And then Daryl got on YouTube, and I saw what that looks like. Yeah. And uh, you, that's your thing. I realized quickly that wasn't my thing. If anything, the show, being able to talk to the four of us, has caused me to refine and, and reduce my collection to something I actually really enjoy looking at every day. Um, so, 
my collections drop to just a handful of key figures in art, and that's really what I'm into. And it's it's what it's taught, it's taught me less is more, quality over quantity type of thing. Um, with that said, I've learned so much that I, I do buy figures now, and I fiddle with them, and I do little time lapse videos with them just to understand it. Because Daryl's taught me the appreciation of plastic in a way that I didn't have before. But then I, I get rid of it. I, I like I want to know, and then I'm done. I don't hang on to it. You should also answer this question, sir. Did anybody else want to go? I just want to say I have a room full of plastic crack, and um, I buy everything. So, yeah, you yeah. Just just one room? Yes, I have oh. just one room. Okay. I, it's up to the ceiling. Okay, yeah, that's 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 where mine's working too. If I ever want to display I need a new house. Just I'm sorry, to the ceiling and to the floor. So it's in front of the window too. Just one floor? I think with me, um, my collection hasn't really changed all that much because I'm cheap and I don't really buy all that much. Um, except I now have a crazy number of microphones and the, the technology is really where I've, it's kind of exploded. I have a mixer and microphones. And it just annoys me. That we can record them better. Yes, I can, I, can, I can plug my soundboard and have it played where they can hear it. And... Right. It's for them. <laughs> it's for the audience. Them. Uh, I myself did uh, did start accumulating insane numbers um, of of more figures. I always did buy uh, a lot of stuff. Like when I started the podcast, I was an employee of a large chain of toy stores, uh, big box toy stores with a giraffe as a mascot. Um, Who? And, uh, they. Jeffrey. It it was not good for me. Um, so, so I got out of there and, and got a big boy job, and uh, and and but it didn't stop me from buying. So now my focus is still. I mean, I still buy the, the regular Hasbro stuff, but but my focus has since changed to a lot more of the third party or higher end uh, Takara masterpiece releases. Um, but since starting the podcast, it it was a thing of. I wanted to have something weekly, and it wasn't just one thing. I had to obliterate these guys on a weekly basis. As is correct. Um, <laughs> it was, and it ended up being a competition. We were going to have a competition and a weekly thing. It was going to be, you know, what did you get? You know, and and just friendly. But it wasn't even close. You know, they were buying comics and comparing, and and, and I was like, well, I got. Box Ultra Magnus from G1. What'd you get? Uh, I got a book that came out this week. Um, you know, so it, it ended up being that I was spending exceedingly more money every week, and uh, and and I did have to trim it down because we weren't taking any money for the podcast. It's free, so um, so if I wanted to still maintain being married, uh, I had to stop buying toys uh, at the level that I was. Um, but yeah, so I still do buy a lot of toys. I just bought a shit ton of toys this weekend. Um, thank God I'm driving, but and I'm arriving home at midnight, so I can sneak them all into the house. Uh, <laughs> no, no, dear, you always had that. Yes, yes, that massive robot in the middle of the room. You had that. But Daryl, Daryl, that means you won. Yeah. Yes, I did. I won this week. I think it's fifteen dollars. <laughs> but yeah. Um, 
it, in short, it's just you, you do you start buying stuff for the show um, because it's it's topical and uh, it can get out of control really quick. Another thing is that, and you're saying uh, this is like my third or fourth hobby that has unfortunately started to turn into a job. And the fact that it's my third or fourth hobby is because the first second they're no longer my hobby anymore. I no longer like them because I, I had the burnout. You know, you're making content. I mean, there's a point in time on a YouTube channel and I don't make a video every every day, better for 200 videos. And to the point where I don't want to see anything from that genre, I don't want to do it anymore, I want to sell it all, it doesn't have the same value to it. So you got to be careful the way you collect and trick. There is a, a point of critical mass when you're like, if I have to transform one more thing, I have to put stickers on one more thing, you'll be done with it. I mean, they'll, my oldest hobby is 40K, and I've got like, you know, a thousand models or so, but I also run a club, so there's a utility with that. I got, you know, 24 people who come there, and we play a game where, like, face-to-face, it's not just shelf-warming, and, and that's it. Um, you know, something like Deluxe can keep on collecting, he's going to sell them for him, but this toys over and over again. So it depends on our son, like Bobby, who's just got crazy, he's going to keep on, you know, collecting more and more collections. That's right. Um, so you always have to be careful with that, because as soon as it becomes a job, as soon as you need that next fix, you know, it, it, it gets spiral out of control and it leads to unhealthy places. I have no shipping on this for shipping Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Yo. So, hey, everybody who used Facebook, there's a Facebook page called uh, Third Party Transformer Crashers. This is the man behind. This basically is for question as much as I, I just wanted to say yeah. just the community the podcast community in general and the YouTube community in general make it easier to be a Transformers fan because you know how before I even joined the band I, I always just liked Transformers and when I in, in my quest to be, you know to, to get more involved in the fandom I didn't realize how rude a lot of the fandom was out of control and um it, 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 because of the podcast community and how welcoming you know the Shadowcast guys were and you know um, the, the Ben's collectibles and the Kiros are and how cool they are, you know, it made it easier for me to, to warm up to to the fandom and I, I thank you guys for uh, pretty much really changing the course of my life in the last three years. Because otherwise I've just been content eBaying anything that I really you know, wanted and not talk to nobody. And um I'm only here at these conventions quite literally because I just rather be hanging out with y'all than because I could have just emailed these calls and nothing on right? Right. right. You, know, you guys are so cool that I can only go anywhere to you know to hang out sometimes. Anybody that's ever, you know, contributed in any way or participated in any way, whether it be a comment or a like or a subscription or whatever, we've always been very inclusive. And we're, we're kind of uh, in, a, in a network, a podcast network called the Cool Table Network. And, like, if you want to be on the Cool Table Network, create content and get with it. You know, like, we want to bring people in. We don't want to keep people out. Who are you going to Yeah, anybody wants to do a Star Wars podcast, we can do that. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. I wanted to ask the reviewers a question. Um, in the last couple of years, uh, obviously with the explosion of the third-party market, uh, you know, giving fans and stuff you know, characters that they really like, 
the companies are really starting to add in uh, little accessories and things from you know specific episodes and whatnot. Do you guys feel that that is a benefit to those companies getting uh, their products sold? Or would you guys rather see those kind of come out uh, and instead maybe go into uh, things like better engineering, better paint, uh, or possibly even, uh, you know, like uh, unreleased characters and stuff coming more so to the mainstream market? Okay, everything going to be solved. I'll start. Um, I, I don't know that, um, I, I don't know that cutting out an accessory like that would necessarily lead to better engineering. Um, that, that seems like that's kind of a separate thing. It, it could cut back on paint apps if you're looking at the overall cost of a package. Um, and, and, may, and maybe that's the thing. It really depends on the accessory. If it's super vital or super relevant to the character, I'm okay with it. Um, a lot of times what it means is that, like, I've got another little piece of plastic to store in a Ziploc baggie over on the side, you know, because I'm... I, I, a good accessory can elevate a figure, but for the most part, like, I'm not buying it for what it comes with. I'm buying it for the character and the, and the robot itself. Um, I think they can enhance a figure, but for the most part, like, I, I would rather see that be a paint app or or something else versus uh, just more more crap in a package. You know? and, and I'm not insulting. I'm not trying to say they're all crap, but, I mean, like, a lot of times they end up being not displayed. They end up going into, like, a little parts drawer. And uh, maybe I'll find them again one day. Uh, the, I think it, it really uh, is, to me, it's kind of a case-by-case -case thing, although there are some broad strokes you can find in there. Um, if it's clear that that accessory represents part of the passion of the designer, like that they obviously made this figure because they love the character, and holy crap, they love the time he held a football. And it, like, you know, I'm like, okay. You like the football hole, I can tell. There's no other reason why you would include something like that unless there was a really passionate reason. But then there are cases where, and it's hard to really explain this in, in a very solid way, sometimes accessories, on the, on the other hand, feel like they're checklisted. You know, like I went through those screen caps everyone posts in the third-party subforum next to pictures of prototypes and uh, notice he was holding this in one scene and this in another scene. And those start to become, the, like you said, the Ziploc bag fodder. Uh, and also, if an accessory's implementation isn't fun, I very rarely want to engage with it outside of if I'm filming the review and I quote-unquote have to. Uh, the biggest culprit being alternate heads and faces that want me to pull a screw out to uh, install them. Uh, I know that having read a lot of common threads and, and, and discussion threads, I actually think... A slight majority of people are okay with that, but to me, it's a lot of hassle for something that I don't feel gives me the bang for the hassle. Like, I mean, it's a lot. Man, what a problem it is to live in a world where I have to take a screw out of a toy that I bought for fun. But uh, it's like I don't think I care enough about an alternate face to want to disassemble a head, especially if it turns into a multi-part disassembly uh, to, to switch a face or install batteries like on um, what's his name with the thing in his head. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. What's his name? with? Oh, him. Actually, I was talking about the blue one, but it, yeah, him too. Like, I don't know. I just want implementation to be a part of it. If you're going to include an accessory, then include implementation. It's it's what I loved about official masterpiece Ironhide. He has these, these swappable faces and it's kind of like you lever his mohawk and then the face pops out. And I'm like, well... Now it's not a problem. I just do this. I don't have to bust out my JIS screwdriver so I don't strip the screw head and blah, blah, blah. So 
I, and then the face falls off. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I take it very case by case, but yeah, generally, I, I like fewer, more poignant accessories that feel like there's passion behind them. I don't think anything should be done at the expense of anything. You know, I'm, I'm okay with the accessories by all means, throw it to the ground, but not at the expense of anything else. Raise the price of the figure. I mean, the thing is, is that we have to keep in mind that there's more than just people who put stuff on their shelves, right? Like there's people that play with their stuff, there's people who display. I'm more of a display guy. You also have an absurd amount of toy photographers within the community. They love to take advantage of the accessories and stuff like that. So it's nice to have that for them. But I don't think that anything, not paint, not articulation, not anything, should be done at the expense of something else. Do it all and then charge accordingly and have a better overall product. You are right, sir. We, I, I feel like we're we're in a market of multiple toy manufacturers, and we as the consumers are benefiting greatly. I, as as amateurish as I am with toys, I've seen in the last three years the evolution of the action figure, and thank goodness for all these third-party toys because it's holding Takara at a much higher bar. Yeah, I'm stoked we're getting a Megatron with multiple faces. I'm stoked that there's a football coming with a figure. You know, it's it, it it's it's forcing the industry to make sure what they put out isn't subpar because the internet is going to rally against them if they do. You know, it's you know compare it to any, compare it to Windows and, and, and Macintosh. I mean, they got no competition. We are fans of the market where every new release has to be better than the next one. And we're benefiting from it. Great time, big play. Thank you. All right, so before my question real quick, I just kind of want to thank the reviewers, because um, I'm sure there's many of us here that want to know what we're spending before what, what we're buying. You know, uh, for instance, Piaf, I bought a saber board, lightsaber after your. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, I was, that You know, those things are cheap, but that helped me know what I was getting into. And Bobby, your TFC detective told us not what not to buy. So that, that was definitely good. I need a good show. <laughs> but um, but my question to everybody is uh, so you're all podcasters uh, for the most part. Uh, what podcasts do you listen to if you have time? I know you're you're, you're busy people making your own stuff and whatnot. But what podcast do you listen to? All right, Serious Universe, Spooky Shit, is fun, it's awesome, Joe Rogan Podcast, can't get enough of it, love that guy, Push uh, Shack, 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 I'm coming, <laughs> Toy Detox, uh, love those guys, uh, Enter the Realm, not to be confused with all of the podcasts, uh, there's a couple of the 40G podcasts, I'm not going to bore you with, with that one, um, but I got to tell you guys, uh, if you guys want to listen to Joe Rogan, I know he's an MMA guy, and you know, he's a great show, he makes an awesome podcast. Now, some of them are jumpers. You get in there and just fight dudes as a jump, but he gets some like crazy scientists and some other stuff. Very, very entertaining. Three hour shows. Awesome. Uh, I also listen to most of the shows that he mentioned, and um, I also listen to Boston Fanatics, and I listen to um, a show called Brilliant Idiots. It's a guy, Charlemagne, okay. and a guy named Nick Schultz. Okay. And so it's a black guy and a white guy. They're okay. good friends. Black dudes from Georgia, white dudes from New York. So they have very different cultural, environmental bases and upbringings. And they're good friends. And they're able to have a lot of the conversations that I think a lot of us want to have, but are afraid to have. 
and they're both extremely funny guys. So I, I listen to that. I listen to a show called The Weekly Planet, uh, which is pretty funny. Um, I listen to a show called uh, Now This Is Podcasting, it's a Star Wars Network uh, podcast. And uh, I get that show. Get that show. That's pop racing. Yeah, yeah, they're clever. Um, and I, 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 it's a challenge actually for me to get through all the shows to be. Uh, yeah, all the ones they said, uh, I watch a, play a thing called Comic Troops. They go around, they're around the Northeast area, and they go around to different uh, comic shops and everything. They film and all that stuff. They make. But yeah, ROC, uh, Plastic Fanatics, uh, Nerd Raid Radio, Nerd Raid Radio, and all that stuff. Um, I work from home, so my day is filled with podcasts all day long. Um, I listen to every show on this panel, and then it's fun. And, and I listen to Hardcore History whenever it comes out. It's like three times a year usually, but it's like four hours of history. And um, Longbox Heroes is a good comic book podcast. So the morning stream, just kind of overall geek stuff. Uh, Daily Tech News Show. And uh, I, there's my podcast list right now for my queue is like nine days long. So it's just <laughs> too many to, to mention. I guess I'm the odd man out. I don't listen to podcasts for enjoyment. I listen to them for reconnaissance. Um, why you know, are the questions that they're asking or how they're asking them more effective than the ones I'm asking? Um, yeah, admittedly, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I have started doing a lot more of it now. Um, but um, I really like Half to Astonish for sort of general comic book reviews. I think those guys are really amazing. Uh, one of my favorite Transformers podcasts, actually, that isn't here. Um, <laughs> is uh, Soundwave cast. Uh, those guys, there hasn't been a single episode that hasn't made me laugh out loud. They've been reviewing the IW comics sort of from the beginning of Modern BCA and uh, I hope it's in this guy, so I highly recommend that one. Uh, cur- currently, I mostly listen to podcasts in transit that kind of fluctuates, but my, my main one that I always keep myself up to date on or catch up on the backlog on is called Giant Beast Cast. It's a fairly fun video game oriented podcast that strays a whole lot into all sorts of other topics and has a general candor that brings a smile to my face and a fuzzy little Vinnie Caravella to my heart. Yeah, I also, uh, I just had to pull up the phone for what I go through. Um, the Giant Bomb, Giant Beast cast, uh, that was like Vinny just had the video of where some a fan sent him a bunch of Masterpiece stuff. Um, I like the Nerdist. Um, I, I find a lot of my podcast stuff goes to like the, the type of show that I like, and I'm, I'm glad that we do, is like a nice conversation with somebody interesting or just talking about whatever, and that they just start a microphone on. I mean, that's if you listen to the Nerdist, they always just kind of start cold and lead into, you know, whatever they're talking about. And then always there's somebody like, oh, wait, are we on a recording? And you see him kind of defuse the whole we're having an interview thing by just starting and going. Um, another one that I'd, I'd say that I enjoy uh, from time to time is podcast from some friends I made when I was out in Connecticut for a while that's uh, Four Guys in a Movie. It's this friend that I had out there and went to a couple of game nights with him and it's just him and three of his buddies and they'll watch some horrible or maybe not horrible 80s or 90s movie and then sit down and talk about it and at the end of each episode they roll a 20-sided die to see what the next one is and sometimes they get very mad at whoever rolled because he rolled poorly Um, and just stuff like that. It's always just, you know, I enjoy listening to 
it like I'm getting to hear somebody else's conversation. Um, you get ones that are overly structured. It's like watching a you know CNN or something, you know. And then this happens, and it's it breaks the like chill factor. I guess a lot of times what I'm looking for. I always feel a little awkward whenever this question comes up because I don't consume a lot of, of media. I work. <laughs> I, 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 a, lot, a lot of what I do is I work on the media creation side of things and not so much on the consumption end of it because I do the, the YouTube videos and then my day job, I, I am the on-air afternoon host for Fresh Air and All Things Considered on our local NPR station back in Richmond. And when I'm not on the air, I'm in, I'm in my office editing newscasts, work, editing speeches, editing our forum that we air every Sunday. So I work so much on the other end of it that I just don't, when, I, when I'm done with work, I don't want to go home and then listen to more of it when I've been, nothing but, been doing nothing but sitting with headphones on all day. Um, I should, I, I, want to, I want to make an effort to listen to more for lots of various reasons. One, I, I agree with Yoshi that uh, just I, I feel like just like reading, the more of that that you listen to when you actively take that stuff in, you, you kind of, even if you don't realize you're doing it, you learn better ways of asking questions and, and what can, you, know, you start to think of how can I be better at what I'm doing by listening to other people do it well. Um, I, so it's one of the things that I mean to focus on, but I, I don't currently consume a lot of, a lot of media or videos or things like that. So. And, and I pulled out my phone because I remembered as well. Um, the uh, other than the, the, the guys on the panel here, I, I do I do listen to a whole bunch of stuff. Um, so Transformers related, Moonbase two, basically. Um, yeah, all all three yeah. of us love them. <laughs> uh, um, and then there's another one that uh, a friend of mine uh, off back home he uh, he put me onto called uh, Cybertronological. Um, and they basically just review all the G1 episodes in, sci- in, in chronological order. And uh, and we just recently they got to the, the 86 movie, and uh, and it was and we uh, we guessed it, transitions guessed it on one of their shows because they hadn't actually heard of the Scramble City episode. So we were like, you guys got to do Scramble City before yeah. we get to the movie. So so we got got in on that, and it was fun. And they're they're great guys, and they they, they actually do the show face to face. So it's 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 a it's a good show. Um, I do Nerdist like like Aaron because I, I love just the the sheer amount of stuff that these guys put out in a week is, is phenomenal. Um, Podcasty it's on a hiatus, but you know it's coming back. It's coming back. Yeah, uh, talking tunes with uh, Rob Paulson. The, the the voice actors that get on there, I just love hearing the different voice actors that the, that the guy brings in. Um, and and just recently, I, I started listening to a couple, couple of different ones. Um, this one doesn't get put out very much, but when it does, it can be quite fun. It's called Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and he does a lot of stuff with like talking political. But every now and then, he'll get a, an actor friend to come in, and they just shoot the shit for like 40 minutes or, or whatever, and it's really quite funny. Um, but then another one is is not safe with Nikki Glaser and she's just she's raunchy and dirty and it's it's quite funny you know just to hear that stuff that you would talk with your buddies coming out of a girl is, is hilarious to me <laughs> um, but yeah that's that's essentially my my podcast list I, I was listening to Green Champs which is very ignorant yeah, yeah. I don't recommend it to anyone but I have thanks Okay, so I have kind of a 
Um, but you've all talked uh, about passion um, at one point or another, either you know, on this very panel or Friday night or on the floor if I happen to bump into you. Um, and as I worked as a professional actor for about 15 years um, to varying degrees of success. You know, sometimes it's making a living, sometimes it's supplementing an income. Um, but if there's one thing that I do know, it's, it's about passion projects. Uh, and I'm curious as to what it is that you've learned from taking on these passion projects in particular about yourself just as human beings and what you feel you might have to offer, uh, you know, not necessarily just to the fandom, but, you know, in general, uh, how it's changed you to, to take on a passion project and, and what it's taught you about yourself and, and about your outlook on the world. Uh, well, well, doing this stuff, starting podcasting and a YouTube channel around about the same time, uh, the way I best describe it most of the time is it started off as a hobby based off a hobby, and then it uh, grew over three years into a passion, uh, at which point I decided, well, this is a ceiling I've hit, so I went to get accredited in, uh, in part of it that I enjoyed. And what I think, now that it's 2016, uh, the biggest lesson I've taken is you got to start off with a certain kind of energy and you can't just rely on that energy to exist forever because uh, it's it's like a fuel cell that's going to run down. You've got to start finding the next kind of fuel cell to slot in because you know, there's a freshness to something when you start it and as many podcasts have, if that's about as far as it goes, that freshness will eventually end and folks will go their separate ways. It's finding that next kind of energy that kind of pumps you up or the next thing that really excites you. Um, and in, in the case of like videos and podcasting, it's going from, hey, we're, we're recording ourselves talking to uh, meeting people who listen to it and saying, we're meeting people who record ourselves talking. And then starting to find out the ways, I found the, the most interesting thing and the most inspiring thing, finding out the ways that what you do impacts other people. And to me, that's uh, the greatest kind of self-fulfilling reward you can find amidst all kinds of other rewards. Uh, because no matter what you do, as long as you do something, even if you don't feel super great or super confident about it, nothing will solidify it more than hearing that it affected someone else in some way, and ideally in a positive way. And it, it led me to like the current thing that kind of sustains me and has for a very long time, it must be a very large tank of gas, is the idea of making people feel better about their own hobby. Because um, it, it's, it's a real easy thing to get kind of self-deprecating about your own hobby uh, at times, especially if you're surrounded by people who aren't into it, and you start to feel like, hey, maybe this is just my weirdo thing. Um, or you, you, know, you, you, you get the implication like, yo, we're all a bunch of we're all a bunch of nerds over here, right? And like, you know, I'd say that too. It's kind of funny you know, in an ironic way. But I think the greatest thing you can give to someone, especially in a hobby like this, is the, the ability to tune into something and feel like, I just want to feel like this is my thing I'm into and there are other people into it and it's okay. And I want, I want to feel some positive feelings about this thing I'm into. Especially because it, it often comes from the root of being a hobby, which often is supposed to be a thing you do to, at the very least... Uh, take some tension off your back or find some kind of enjoyment. So uh, we'll, s we'll see what the next fuel tank is because uh, I'm, I'm looking for them. Um, also would love to make another short film, but you know, <laughs> all kinds of things you might want to do. I think one thing uh, for me personally is it's almost a therapy. Like it's cathartic to talk to your buddy about what you love and share that with other people. Like, uh, you know, we both have three kids. You got to the point in life where it's like, we never time to sit down anymore. Let's sit down and record. 
and then because we're both a little OCD, let's make sure we sit down and record for three hours a week and share it with strangers and give far too much information about ourselves out there. Far too much. I know it's yeah, people know. Anyway, I'm gonna keep going. Um, so, but you do. It, it does have that positive effect because you do have people that hit you up and you know they raise good questions and the interactions, and then it does kind of make its own purpose. Like what you were saying, you have to strive to do something just, just to do it, and then it becomes something and evolves into something else. And sometimes that works and it keeps going, and sometimes it's like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, and it fizzles out. And that's okay, too. It's kind of like the, the journey of it. I've learned about time management. It's <laughs> been, been my, my the juggle of you know, I've learned how to do a lot of things at once. And I've also learned how to deal with negativity, you know, like, feedback-wise, you know, like, uh, I don't mean, like, legit criticism, I mean, like, trollish type, you know, I, I would have dealt with that sort of behavior entirely the way my, my whole life, and, and now I'm in the anonymity, and, like, I, I appeal to people's humanity, and people don't know how to act. It's the funniest thing, like, I'll get somebody that will say terrible things about me and my children, like, you know, and I'll comment, I'll be like, look, man, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry whatever I said about this has upset you to a point where you, you want to attack my children. But um, if it makes it any better to you, like, I never meant to offend you. And if you don't want to watch me, there's plenty of other people to watch. And I hope that you find somebody that fits your views. And I wish you the best. And nine times out of ten, they come back and they're like, you know what, dude? I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, because when you appeal to people's humanity, they, they start acting human again. So is that one guy? Uh, my experience so far has been wonderful, I have to say. I think the community is fantastic, both the podcasting community and obviously the Transformers fandom in general. Thankfully, I've, I've not had any experiences like that. Um, so on the whole, I'd say it's been a, a great experience. The only thing is that what was mentioned earlier is we really need to be mindful of burnout. Um, you have to you have to make sure that you're keeping it at a level that you can sustain and that it's still fun for you. The minute it starts becoming a chore and a job, you've lost it, and you risk losing something that you really love. Um, and the minute you start getting involved on this level, uh, your relationship with the fandom changes almost automatically. And a really good example of that is, for instance, if you're doing comic book reviews, you get review copies a week early. And just that, you know, yeah, that's a brilliant thing. On the other hand, you're no longer the fan who's waiting for the book to come out first thing in the morning. You know, it changes your relationship with the medium. And, yeah, sure, it's really good to know, you know, uh, Tan's identity a week in advance. On the other hand, you know Tan's identity a week in advance. You know, you can't talk about it with anybody else. Um, so there are things like that that you know you kind of lose in a way. Uh, you lose that kind of like feeling of just being a consumer and, uh, and a fan on some level. Um, but I think you get quite a lot of other things back. That you know, it's up to you if you you know if you're happy losing that and gaining something else or not. Everybody here is a Transformers fan, right? All right. If show of hands, because this is me. If if the internet didn't exist, if you didn't have access to YouTube or, or or podcasts, how many of you like me would hang out at Walmart in the toy section waiting for somebody to pick up a transformer toy to talk to them? Seriously, we we are we all have a passion for this particular hobby. So what 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 is the apex for you? You know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. I have an outlet with, with the podcast, but if I didn't have this podcast, I'd be hanging out in the toy section. 
if movies didn't exist, if TV didn't exist, you as an actor would be hanging out at the, the, the playhouse. You know, that's, that's what you would do. You love this. It doesn't matter if one person's watching or an internet's worth. Your, this is your thing. So if you're sitting at home collecting and you don't have anybody to talk to about it, that's, that's kind of a bummer. If you're sitting home collecting and you don't have a way to show it off, if, you're, if you want more, as the Shia LaBeouf would say, just do it. Just do it. As, as Will Wheaton, sorry, borrowers. As Will Wheaton would say, make something. You know, um, as Tim Ferriss would say, you got to get out there and do something. It, it, it took me a long time to figure this out for it to click. But my knowledge of, of the fandom of the industry and how the sausage gets made has only made me a bigger fan. And, uh, you know, 80-20 rule, man. What's, what's the best way to get out there and let everybody know, hey, I care too. Thank you. Hey guys, so what's up, man? I was just wondering. I, I mean, I've got, I'm lucky. I've got a wife who really is in on this with me, and uh, it's kind of real talk for a second. Like, how, how do you guys have your significant others, your wives, boyfriends, girls, husbands, whatever, whatever it may be? Everyone, you know, how do they how do they handle all the time it takes? And, and of course, the collecting. I mean, my wife keeps me pretty grounded. <laughs> Which is what I have around. She's my best friend too, so it kind of works out well. But I mean, it's do they? You know, how do they tolerate? It's a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to do what you guys do. Um, Creators, <laughs> <So, yeah. laughs> <laughs> just we'll go with that question. <laughs> um, for me, it's uh, I, I married like my high school sweetheart. You know, like I've known her since kindergarten. We were born two weeks apart in the same hospital, so they. So it's like it, we're 35 now, and you know I get a lot of I get a lot of leash. You know she gives me a lot of leave. Uh, I don't know. She doesn't. She doesn't care really. You know, like uh, I I provide the money for what I collect. It's a supplementary income to our regular household income. We all have budget. You know, we all have obligations and responsibilities. What I do just never hinge on that. The only thing it doesn't hinge on is time. And time is always awesome. So I try to give my wife, and like I, I watch my kids uh, usually two days a week for 14 hours, just me. And I have an infant and two others. Um, and those days are hard. And the days my wife is home, this tag team is very easy, but those solo days can be very trying. And uh, so. I give them that time, obviously, and then other days I give time while I'm working on things, time management, you know what I'm saying? But on the weekends, I try to give them the weekend. Like, it's like the little Friday night is there, Saturday is there, Sunday if I'm not working. I met mine through Transformers, my fiance. Um, it's really great. We, we both found things for each other in the dealer room, and it's, it's nice having a teammate in that aspect. Um, you know, my, my ex-wife... Um, she would look at things that I'd get and just be like, why did you get that? And it's like, well, no, it's a really interesting thing. It goes with this other part. And, you know, they, they're, they're kind of uh, uh, set to get together. Uh, okay, fine, whatever. Now with Alfie, she's like, oh, that's the thing that you needed to complete this. That's awesome. And then, you know, then you, you get to, to talk about it right then and there. So that's the way you do it. You just go and, you know, you get someone that's into what you really like, and it makes just life much easier. For me, it's... 
it's more time management. My, my wife isn't into this stuff at all. She doesn't really understand it, but she tolerates it, although there's a lot of viral. Um, but for the, the podcast side of things, it's generally I, I do it when either like the kids in bed and just instead of watching TV, it's something I do, or I do it before she and the kid are home. Like, I, I have a window of time from when my work day ends and I have to pick up the kid. And I try to do stuff in that window too. So it's just, so I don't, like Bob said, you, you want the family, when they're, when they're around and, and they're awake, your time needs to be with them. So it's just it's stuff. All jokes aside, it can, it can present a problem. I mean, like, my wife is into this stuff, but not really into She's, like, into it by proxy. You know, like, she's been, we've been together, we've been married, we've been together for 18 years, you know. She knows, like, all my kids are named after the comic book characters. You know, and so, like, when she dress my daughters up in cosplay to go to Baltimore Comic Con, and she's there in the artist alley, and she likes my books. So there's, there's facets, of it, facets of it that she's got into through me, right? But at the same time, I'm like, oh, hey, baby, I really need these fan toys down in bots. This is like 700 bucks. And she's like, hey, don't you want to buy your Goose Bus Proton Pack? Make choices. You know, so she knows me like that. So it's like a balancing act. So, like, sometimes when you, you know, when, you, when, you, when your spouse is into it all, all the time, that's awesome. Very few, far between, there's people who are very lucky with that. But you do have to work towards it. But she's got her things too. So when she wants to go on some stupid yoga retreat, I'm like, okay. And then she tells me, like, the four, the four digit bill is going to be, I'm like, uh, okay, okay. You know, it's, it's, it's give and take, so. Yeah. And my wife will give me a hard time about it. You know, like, she, I hate the name Bob. I hate it. I'm Bobby. I've always been Bobby. You know, but she'll see, like, a toy sitting on there. And she'll be like, sweet figure, Bob. You know, like, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Man, my wife for divorce nonsense. But, uh, <laughs> Since 2000, so we've been married uh, five years, uh, four years now. So uh, she automatically knew what she's getting to. So uh, she doesn't. She supports me, but she doesn't like it. She gave me a room to the house, and I gave her the rest of the house. So that's you know you got to push. You pull in, yeah. You got to pull. You know, give and take. Work it out. Yeah, pull and take. That's on a shirt. I, I got one more thing. Be honest up front when you're you know you're wooing your new spouses. So you're like, you know what, you know what this game was about. You know you all need to. Don't hide the nerd cave. Don't waste it. You can't wait like three or four months in the nerd cave. That needs to be like three or four dates. Yeah. You know? Introduce it quick. Yeah. Uh, my, my girlfriend and I met at an event based on the notion of making videos about stuff you're into, so I didn't have to have that conversation really. Uh, it was it was kind of a, a part of, by the way, hi, my name's Chris. Um, and as we've as we've gotten to know each other, like you know, it's like my hobbies were all very upfront and, and easy to see. And then through the comic books, primarily, uh, she actually got in deeper into the uh, into the comic end of Transformers. The fan art end of Transformers has been doing some uh, art of her own, and uh, this is actually the first convention she came to. So we, you know, it's 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 it's, it's uh, and I'm, I'm speaking from my perspective, of course, but the uh, the, the the whole thing of you know balancing. One thing with the other, like it, it's it's like you were saying, it's about a presenting it up front and just saying, well, this is kind of just a facet of my personality. So, uh, if you want me to turn it off completely, then I'm turning off part of myself. 
and this seems like a, a, a strange notion upon which to start talking to one another in the first place. I don't know. I, I, I very much agree with the whole thing of just like just lay it out up front, get it, get that part for lack of a better term, which is a better one, get it out of the way. You know, just say like, here's me, and uh, you know, if that doesn't work out, then that probably would have been a conversation you would have had down the line that would have been more uncomfortable down the line. We, if you have a passion for something, you're going to find the time. That, that's the short answer. I've, most of my life, I've been an entertainer in one form or another. And while I'm sitting here talking to you, I wonder what I could say to get the guy with the barrette and glasses and iPad in the back to look at me. What, what, can, yo, what, can, I, what can I do to make him laugh or want to scoot closer in the chairs? You know? uh, we all like Transformers. So we're making time for two things. You know, we're making time for podcasting and and uh, collecting. Um, I have a wife that works nights and sleeps during the day. I raise our kid during the day. When those days happen that my wife is up or at home, I'm up until 3 or 4 in the morning just to hang out with her for a change. Um, after she goes to bed, I, I do my hobby, I do my podcasting, I do the research. I'll, you make time for it if it's a passion. If it's not, it's not your passion, man. You're not going to get anything done. Thank you, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you. Hello there, young man. What's your question? <laughs> um, I'm wondering if anybody would like to give away some masterpieces. I'd love to give away some masterpieces. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've got some stuff, some ballots in here. We got some ballots in this red Tasha. Tickets in the US. Just fine. They're ballots, right? Yeah, ballots. We can pull some. All right. So some of these have names on them. Those are for people that may or may not be here. Some have just numbers. So uh, let's pick one. Aaron. Let's go for Bumblebee. Yeah, there we go. Masterpiece Generation 2 Bumblebee. All right, no name on this one. Oh boy. 397226. 226. 226. Is that you? Oh. Check it. I, I see the guy around. Check it. Make sure the care marks line up. What's going on? <laughs> it's a match. All right. It's skull face. It's cannabis. Skull face. Generation two Lambor. Yes. Oh, Sam. Sam Fain. This is so much better than if you were here for Friday. We kept drawing name numbers until it came out, but two up, two down. That's the way to do it. Hey, maybe podcasters are better at pulling numbers than this actor. What kind of license is this? This is a. This is a. I don't. I don't understand these American licenses. What color is it? What color is it? It's white. Is it white? No, it's they're, no. The green, purple's Ontario ID. Yeah. Green it has is driver. Code on the back, a big one. 
Why do you have a barcode on the... We just get them on the back of our necks in our country. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were handed out. Oh. That's your, all right, all right. I don't need to vote or anything. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did see that that was a proper Indiana uh, state license, and yes, just don't let don't let what they're saying happen happen, man. Don't we 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 don't we don't need that. I actually live here now, so good job, So then, do in the spirit of Illinois and vote multiple places. Are you telling me this isn't Indiana? No, this isn't. This is Illinois for you. We'll start with letter I. Who in this room bought the biggest figure here? Who bought... Who's got the biggest... Who's got the biggest... Who bought the biggest figure? What'd you get? I did. Do you have it in the room? Who's got the biggest figure in the room? Oh, that's... Did you want to tour or not? Can anybody beat that? Who's got bigger? What do you got in the room? No? This is the biggest. Is that the box? The box is bigger. It's Simon's the box. It's I think we should uh, we should call it here. We are yeah. like a full half hour past our time, yeah. and nobody's here to control us. But I got to get back to Canada. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, why? I got to get to here because I'm driving. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, but uh, but no, thank you guys for uh, coming in and watching and, and participating in our podcast panel. Um, the, give it up for the uh, the podcast. Come to the next TFCon, wherever it may be. Come up to Toronto. It's really nice there. And your money, most of you, is worth a ton. Yeah. <laughs> to anybody that's ever listened to any of our shows, any of comments, like, share, you have no idea how grateful you are. Yep. Also, please subscribe to us in the Zoom marketplace. We have a link working in all of our podcast uh, episode listings. Uh, we've lost a lot of Zoom listenership over the last few years, so we're hoping to rebuild that part of our demographic. Thanks. Don't forget your child. My son.